0: This podcast was proudly brought to you by the Institute of Directors, with support from the Advanced Directors Course. Kia ora, I'm Stephen Mo, and we're back again for another season of Board Matters. This time we're taking a closer look at the diverse perspectives of directors from around the country, getting an insight into their sectors, to find out why governance and the decision-making process is important, and what it looks like when it's done well. In this episode, we'll hear from Raveen Jaduram.
1: My background has mostly been in infrastructure, particularly in the water sector in New Zealand, a little in Australia, and initially in Fiji. So I am from Fiji. My first role as an engineer was working for the housing authority doing affordable subdivisions, a lot of earthworks, roading, stormwater, drinking water, sewerage pipeline, and then designing and building affordable homes. And then I came to New Zealand and I was in drainage, moved on to the Auckland Regional Council. Then my last role was as chief executive of Watercare. And in the last six years that I was with Watercare, there were many major infrastructure projects that were either finished or initiated. So a lot of construction.
0: And I understand that you were involved over in Australia with the Marimbiji Irrigation Company. And when I looked at the statistics there, you know, serving 3,000 land holdings comprising an area of 378,000 hectares. Like that's massive infrastructure scale, isn't it? It's massive,
1: yeah. Australia is a very large continent. The volume of water that was supplied by Murrumbidgee or is supplied by Murrumbidgee every year is three times the volume of the Sydney Harbour. So the numbers are mind-boggling. Irrigation is quite an important factor for that part of Australia. It's the food bowl, and they rely on irrigation to plant. That's where a lot of their wine comes from, Yellowtail, McWilliams, and Citrus. Always great to see how infrastructure serves the economy of a region and of a country. That connection is very direct there with the farmers.
0: Now, you come from a small hometown in Fiji, and I think your father had 11 siblings. So you had dozens and dozens of cousins, and your father ran the local cinema and I think you negotiated the contracts from the age of, what, Form 3 or something like that. What do you think that taught you about governance, either culturally or being part of a family business?
1: I think it shaped my interest and my beliefs and my values quite a lot. I was very young, and my mom and dad they were not that educated. Contracts for movies had to be negotiated with large organizations represented through New Zealand, Warner Brothers, Columbia, United Artists, and 20th Century Fox. A representative would fly in to our small town, probably come and have lunch with us. I loved playing chess and, you know, usually they'd play chess with me. My mum and dad and I would chat and we would negotiate the rates for the movies because what was successful in the United States or New Zealand or Australia wasn't necessarily going to be successful in my hometown. The family business we had was quite formal, quite structured. I was looking at some of the minutes from meetings that were held in the 1960s when I was very young, and they were all typewritten the days before printers and before photocopiers. They had those carbon copies, and because they were Seven directors, someone had to type the minutes and the agendas with lots of carbon copies. The governance aspects of the importance of some rules and regulations and behaviors, especially among family members, because there's always respect for the elders. But if you are on a board, you need that dialogue. You need everyone to have their say. My family... We're very encouraging of speaking out that positive conflict. (laughs) I think governance is quite an important part of our ecology. So if you look at society, we've got governance, we've got a government, local councils and there's governance there. We've got organizations, whether they are for profit or not for profit, there's governance And even within families, there's a degree of governance there as well. Parents govern the children until a certain stage where they mature and move on. For organizations and businesses, it is an important part of the connection between management and the shareholders and stakeholders to ensure that their objectives are being met. We live in a complex world, you know, and so it requires strong governance and strong governance practices.
0: I think it's interesting to reflect on those early years and then how that shapes you and what it influence, you know, comes to bear later on in your career. And just thinking about the sector, you know, in particular infrastructure, would you say that there's anything unique about governance within that sector?
1: Infrastructure has got its unique challenges
0: to do with the degrees
1: of exposure to risk when decisions have to be made to spend money on new investments, a lot of money has to be spent for something that is going to gradually be used over a long period of time with an increasing user base. It's just the nature of infrastructure. The planning, the importance of strategy and understanding the timeliness and the risks of delays, the importance of interrelationships of that with other initiatives, you know, how you maintain existing infrastructure and how you allow for funding to do renewals and how you then balance that with something absolutely new that you want to do, there would be unique risks because you've got to make decisions with management on where the focus needs to go. If you're in retail or fast-moving goods, they have their unique challenges. But from a performance and progressive development point of view for
0: the organization,
1: understanding of the business and understanding of the sector is quite important.
0: It's also about almost the intergenerational aspect of what you're doing, isn't it? Because the decisions you're making now, it's not just looking at the next quarter or the next year. You're actually making a decision which is going to impact dozens of years from now or even longer.
1: Absolutely. And the future is unknown. So some assumptions have to be made as to how the behaviours of the future generations are going to be influenced by technology, for example, and how much of where manual labour is used will be replaced by technology.
0: Board Matters, brought to you by the Institute of Directors, with support from the Advanced Directors' Course. So just stepping back from the detail of that particular sector, I'm just curious if you can give us any examples of when you've seen governance done poorly. Are there any examples spring to mind? Poor governance, some of what I have seen would be, you
1: know, the lack of dialogue, because a dialogue is the lifeblood of a board. That's what directors do. And when that dialogue doesn't happen, when some individuals speak more and others speak less, I recall one chair who said, don't debate with me because there's only going to be one winner. Well, we can't have that behavior on boards. There shouldn't be a fear of conflict. There should also be enough time to have dialogue under the agenda items where the board is focused too much on transactional aspects or blurs the line between governance and management, or do not respect management, or do not support the CEO and management, or sidetrack the conversation and divert management resources onto things that are not important, because board meetings happen every month. And when board directors ask for something that I'll bring that next month, a lot of effort has to be put into it to bring it to the next board meeting, which means that those resources cannot do the things that they were doing. So it has to add value if directors ask for something.
0: And sometimes it comes down to ego of the person as well, doesn't it? That, that they wanna make a point or they wanna ask a question, but they're not thinking of the bigger picture. And you have to kind of leave yourself at the door when you walk into the boardroom and ask, what's the best for the organization? How about the positive side? When have you seen governance done well? What makes good governance? And what have you noticed about it?
1: They move from just the compliance aspects to the exciting delivery to really create some competitive advantage for the organisation. Because some organisations definitely have to survive because of the competition. Where the communication is both ways. It's not just a one-way communication for the CEO to be bringing with management information for the board just to keep them informed, because the board is the input of external environment that benefits management, especially independent directors. They bring a lot of knowledge and experience and exposure outside of the organization that is valuable, insights, and good strategy, boards that work hand-in-glove with management to develop the strategy and then provide well-balanced oversight on the execution of the strategy, monitoring it and giving feedback to ensure that the initiatives that the organization is involved with is on track within budget. As a chief executive, I always felt that boards have to hold management and the chief executive to account. They need to do that in a supportive manner.
0: And Ravine, reflecting on your own governance career and your involvement in this area with companies, how has a learning mindset helped with your own development, either to upskill or to remain relevant or to think about governance differently?
1: Well, I have an inquisitive mind and I like to be fed. I'm a sponge. I want to keep growing, understanding other aspects and the benefit of a board is have this group of people who bring their diverse views and experiences to help solve problems. So, you know, moving from an executive role into a board role, where it's more coaching, asking questions, rather than telling, rather than controlling, it's more about learning to be helpful to management, but at the same time, being very aware of our fiduciary duties that we have a responsibility here, and therefore we have an accountability. As an individual, we should all keep learning and growing, accepting that there will be other viewpoints, and not necessarily everything is black and white. And that complexity is better resolved by many people bringing their individual viewpoints for the collective greater good. And not everything has got an answer that I thought or Each board meeting is a learning experience. But in addition to that, I like to do my formal training and then meet people to discuss some of the challenges and how they approach it. Just sharing of ideas. It's exciting.
0: It's uh, as you learn more, you realize there's a lot more to be uh, upskilling in. Ravine, have you got any parting thoughts on maybe what you would like to see in the future?
1: Well, corporate governance is advancing or needs to, all the time, because the environment we are in is changing. I mean, more recently, there's been extra focus put on cybersecurity. There's been a growing acceptance of the importance of well-being. And prior to that, there was safety, some of which comes through regulation. But I think boards have a responsibility to be at the forefront of this. I believe, especially in New Zealand, and I compare this a little bit with my experience from Australia, we need to focus more on adding value for management and also for our shareholders, stakeholders, and communities or families, depending on whether we are family businesses or not-for-profit, seeking higher productivity, challenging the status quo. Seeking to do things differently rather than continuing to do things the way we have been. If I look at recent challenges that we've had with COVID, which was a risk that I think many organizations failed to have prepared for, there are some large organizations in New Zealand whose share value just fell because of the decisions or lack of decisions that the board may or may not have made. And then some of the decisions that were made because it was uncertain times. The boards have that opportunity, they have that responsibility to better understand the risks and the opportunities and to be more progressive than we have been. So I'm almost being provocative here and challenging that we are a little laid back collectively. One of my big concerns is that too many board members are on too many boards. And I question how could they add value when they're just moving from one board meeting to another board meeting? They're just sticking the boxes or are they genuinely putting the effort into understanding the sector they're working in, understanding the challenges and truly bringing the value, not just for management and stakeholders, but for New
0: Zealand as a country. That was Ravine Jaduram. I'm Stephen Mo, and you've been listening to Season 2 of Board Matters, made by the Institute of Directors, with support from the Advanced Directors course. An immersive three-and-a-half-day course designed for directors, tackling complex governance issues and challenges, looking to hone their leadership skills. Board Matters is produced by Sonia Yi. You can find all of the episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, we would love for you to share, like, or subscribe. If you'd like to find out more about what governance is, head to iod.org.nz. Kakite, and catch you next time.